Rund 9 preview. Let's get to it. First of all, I want to start off by looking at the players who aren't doing very well for either of us. We're in a bit of a tough spot, both of us. How's your team looking, James? James. Yeah, I mean, I wish I was James, but he's about 10,000 places above me in the overall ranking. This is Jacob this week. James, Jacob, uh, close enough. Okay, well... Yeah, as I was saying, um, what's going well for you, if anything, with your team, Jacob? <laughs> um, well, what's the best thing that's happened to me all week is that Barisha got an assist. So that's the kind of situation <laughs> we're in at the moment. Yeah. Also, Haugen got an assist. That's as far as it goes, though. I'm looking at my Boulder Glimpse defenders and wondering whether the time has finally come to give up on them. I'm thinking the exact same thing. Thinking the exact same thing. Yep. So I was remembering a couple of seasons ago in the Premier League when Liverpool defenders were essential at the start. This was their title winning season. Um, yeah. And they kept two clean sheets in the first 15. And everyone was rushing to get Trent and Robertson out after that. Mm. I'm still scared of doing the same thing with Somstead and Wembangono. Um, yeah. But no clean sheets this season. All kinds of mistakes happening at the back. Maybe it is time to give up on them. On my wild card, the only saving grace <laughs> is that I was very close to getting Sampstead and Wembenjama, but I thought no, I'll avoid getting both and I'll just get one. I mean, to be honest, it's not really worked out for me anyway. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not really sure how much I would have struggled by having Sampstead in over what was it rude I think it went rude over him and I've end. kept the faith with Samstead all season he's got me one goal absolute banger but it was the one week that I put him third on the bench so thanks for that yeah. Samstead I just look at this glimp team and I think they're going to concede in every game that they play you know that's the way that I uh, look at them lately and it's the same with Rosenberg as well I wouldn't be going with defenders from either of those teams which teams would we go with is the question obviously there's Lillestrom yeah, see, that's the thing. Lillestrom, by far the best defence, and I don't have a single Lillestrom defender because they rely, well, they'll play three at the back and then they'll have Jackson, there's an Ede pushing up a little bit either side. Last game was actually quite a decent game for them in regards to their defenders, which isn't particularly surprising, but what I mean by that is Pettersson, three shots, two in the box, 0.31 expected goals, scored, obviously, but he also created a chance uh, which registered 0.24 expected assists. So he had a really, really good game going forward and he kept a clean sheet on top of it. The same with Gernis as well. One shot in the box, 0.34 expected goals, two chances created. Dragson is one shot in the box again, 0.23 expected goals, two chances created. Their defenders are involved in their attack. The one thing that, that puts me off them is all it takes is one dodgy little set piece or one silly mistake and then they've conceded and the thing with Lillestrom is their ceiling for points doesn't seem to be particularly high even in that game they won they won 2-0 they had 13 shots only created one big chance and what just over one expected goals so it's not like even when they're winning they're creating loads of clear-cut chances it's just they will get the odd 1-0 win 
2-0, that sort of thing. So I'm not too sure that their ceiling is particularly high. But at the same time, if the defence is going to be this good, then maybe it's yeah. time to get in on them. I thought I was being very clever at the start of the season by bringing in Dragsness. I remember being very good last year. Mm. And I laughed at all the people with Ogbu. I thought, what you don't realise about Ogbu is that he's a centre-back and he's only scored three goals in his entire career. Yeah, ridiculous. How wrong I was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Utter nah, troll. banging them in every week. Such a troll, genuinely. Right, I've had this conversation with James about Goodson and how they are in such good form at the moment. They're scoring goals. Herve is just on another planet in terms of form. He is looking sensational. And we all know how, how good he is. You know, he's been linked with moves away before. He's probably going to leave in the summer. I'd be amazed if he stays for the entire season. He'll probably go somewhere like Serie A or Ligum, I'd imagine. I you know, imagine one of those mid-table teams will come in for him for, I don't know, like two, three million euros or something. So I, I imagine that he's going to go. But you look at Goodson and you think, have we been too slow? Have we missed their run of form? Because we can't go chasing all those points that are gone. No. And it all started with this 5-0 defeat at home to Sarnifjord. Yep. Since then, they've been unbeaten. I don't think anyone was rushing to bring in their players after exactly. they've been 5-0 at home to Sarnifjord. But if they had, that would have been a stroke of genius. Yeah, I wonder if that, that run is now nearly over. Well, this I is certainly the thing. don't think they're one of the top teams over the course of the season. No, this is the thing. I don't, I don't think they're going to finish in the top five teams this season, but I could be proven completely wrong. I don't know. It's a real conundrum for me because I'd love to bring Hove in. And Salveson has been phenomenal. I watched Salveson in a, in a couple of games this season. And yeah, he's not scoring loads of goals and he's not getting loads of assists and he's not objectively incredible on paper, but he is just a bully up front. He is so yeah, good. Do you think giving him more minutes over Fred Friday has been part of that turnaround in form? You do make a good point as well about anyone who really hits form in Norwegian football is quite likely to get a move in the summer. Yeah. She's now transfer windows opening in just over a month. Yeah, I think we're going to see quite a few people leave. The issue is with good sir, you look at their upcoming games, what they just played glimpse. Did better than we thought they would in that one. And then they got Viking next week. Yep. Sarpsborg away after that, which is oh, that's also a tough one. Exactly. Exactly. It, I think it might be a little bit naive and a bit too reactive to focus too much on them. Um, but yeah, Salveson up top, he's looked like a bully. He's, his link-up play is really decent. He looks even stronger than before his injury. I'm really tempted by him, but I think if you're going to go with a good Sarasset, you might as well go Hove just because he's a bit cheaper, he's a midfield slot, and he's in sensational form. He really is, really is. We always like to give Phil Zwick a mention when we're talking about Strems Gosset, but uh, only to say that I would never, ever be having him anywhere near my team again mm. after last season. Yeah, always. He's the most annoying player to own in fantasy. <laughs> he's the most annoying player. Jesus Christ. Looks like an absolute god one week. Um, and then the next does nothing. And then his assists and goals just seem to come at random points of the season, which have no correlation between his actual statistical performance whatsoever. Yeah. He's one of those players who can sense when he's on your bench. Yeah, exactly. And he delivers. He knows. Or you move him out for a hit. Yeah, know, like a really well-orchestrated hit. And he goes and scores against like Mulder away and gets like two bonus points or something ridiculous. That's the kind of player that he is. He's absolutely infuriating to own. We've just finished watching the Rosenberg game. Well, I have anyway. I've just about recovered from that. 
just about recovered from that. I've had a few people sort of ask me to have a look at Vecchia, give a bit of a review on his performances so far this season. Now, the eye test, as a Rosenberg fan, I've watched every game this season. Whenever he's played, he's been the central attacking figure in that team. He's a central attacking figure. He's on free kicks. He's at the heart of every attacking phase of play. He is worth the money, in my opinion. I would avoid all Rosenberg defenders, as I've said already. Avoid them. Avoid all of them. We are going to concede in pretty much every game this season. I, yeah, I looked at that game and I saw the home record, the home defensive record at least, is really, really good. Mm. No goals conceded at all yeah, until not, suddenly Haggerson ripped them apart in one <laughs> half and scored three. Yeah. What was going on there? Uh, we, right, this is the thing. So Rekdal insists on playing three at the back, right, as, as we all know. And I think part of the issue has come from Renzo Giampaoli being injured and we've got Sam Rogers coming in. Sam Rogers scored that wonderful goal last week. Fine, I, I will give him that. I don't think he's good enough at this level and definitely not good enough to play for a team such as Rosenberg, in my opinion. He's only part of the squad because Rekdal's brought in with him from Hamcam. That's, that's the only reason. I think he's a massive weak point in that defence. I don't think he suits our style of play, and I think we've got better as a centre-backs anyway. We started in that game, three at the back, and then we had Tagsat on the left, and for some reason we had Anderson on the right instead of Darrighton. I agree in principle with potentially benching Darrighton, but Anderson, was it really the right time to start Anderson when he's not really played this season? That seemed a little bit premature to me. He was not good. <laughs> I'm going to say I that now. I was confused about Anderson he, good. he was one of those players who always passed the eye test for me last season. Mm. And this year, he's absolutely nowhere to be seen. When he does get on the pitch, he looks like he's yeah. never met any of his teammates before. Exactly. That's exactly the point. So many misplaced passes. He seemed to be just on a different page to everybody around him. Didn't really seem to get what we were trying to do when we were going forward. So, yeah, I doubt he's going to start the next game. Second half, made a few subs. Pereira, Darrighton and Serta came on for Vargic, Tagseth and Holm. We looked a completely different team. And it seemed to be that we reverted to sort of a 4-3-3 three five two hybrid system rather than playing out and out three at the back so when we're attacking we got Berkey pushing up with the midfield and then we had Henriksen and Rogers dropping back into the centre-back uh, positions that seemed to work well for us because because when we're defending Berkey would drop back and slot in on that on that right hand side of defence and that seemed to work really nicely for us we got a lot more creative uh, going forward we looked a lot more threatening and we absolutely dominated that second half. Yeah, I had a quick troll of the stats before this and uh, I noticed Pereira's top of the league for expected assists per 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if he starts, he's gold. Yeah. The question is whether he's likely to get any of those starts. This is the thing. It seems to be Pereira or Tagseth on the left-hand side. Um, Tagseth wasn't particularly great today. And I think Tagseth is more of a complete player. Like, he offers defensive strength as well as some attacking prowess, whereas Pereira is basically out and out an attacking wing-back, stroke full-back, and he will just get the ball, bomb it down the left-hand side, and smack it in the box, and he will be creating chances whenever he plays. They're the differences between the players, but I think depending on what system we go to, I think you could work Pereira in there to be on the left-hand side, and it works. With Vecchia, 
Vecchia is one of those players where he suits being up front as part of a two or slightly behind the centre forward. So he can drift in from the left-hand side and play in that pocket of space. But he also works really well in the 3-4-3 on the left-hand side of that 3-4-3. So he's one of the most formation-proof players that we have in regards to whatever formation we play, whoever's playing with him, he's always going to offer attacking threat far more than anyone else in the team. So he is by far and away the best option for Rosenberg. I know that sounds really obvious because of his price and because we all know who he is. But if you've watched any of Rosenberg this season, you will know everything that's going through him. He is the man. He is the man. As people will be looking at their fantasy teams and they already have Borussia. Everyone has Borussia. His effective ownership was about 175% this week, I think. Yeah. And that leaves maybe one premium midfield place open. Mm. So the question is, is it Vecchia? Is it one of the Border Glimpse guys? Or is it maybe Ikram at Mulder? Yeah, that's a good question. Right. If you look at the upcoming games, we've got Rosenberg away to Varanga. Rosenberg could win that game. Varanga could, well, no. I was going to say Varenga could win that game, but no, they need to be able to score goals first. And I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. But Rosenberg are going to score in that game and Vecchi's going to be involved. In my opinion, that's the way it's going to be. Mulder, I could see Mulder winning that game against Glimt like to nil. I really could. I could see them winning that game 2-0. I don't think... It's pretty obvious that Glimt aren't the same side as they have been. And I think yeah, they're going to... I think they're gonna... obviously the really big one coming up this weekend. It's interesting that Mulder have managed to shut out Glimt in two of the last three games they've played. Mm. So clean sheet definitely isn't out of the question there. I think it's going to happen, especially if you look at the injuries and absences in that Glimt team. They're not full strength. They don't seem to have a great rhythm going between all the players. Whereas Mulder, on the other hand, they're adapting really well to this new system. They look strong. Maybe a little bit inconsistent in certain games, but I think they're going to be up for that game. And I think they're going to control it from the start. And yeah, I think Glimt are going to be in for a tough time there. Yeah, maybe we're so used to Glimt losing their best players in the transfer window and then Mm. the replacements instantly somehow being exactly as good or even better. But it just hasn't happened this season, has it? And no. that front has done very little all season. Yeah, that's a bust. That's a bust, that is. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. I would be looking at Boniface and thinking that he mm. should be starting. He looks like he offers a lot more up front. He'll get stuck in. He'll try and get the ball. He'll throw his weight around a little bit more. You know, he seems like a lot more of an intense player. And that's what they need. They need intensity. And I think Mulder have that in quite a few areas of the team. But the week after, well, the game week after, when we come back um, towards the end of June, Glimt had got Christiansen away, and then Rosenberg had got Lillestrom away. So you've got one week where it's a good fixture for one team, and then the other week where it's uh, the inverse. So for me, that makes me want to go with Vecchia, just because he's cheaper than, say, Saltners or Pellegrino. And I think we're going to see a similar return in terms of points. And just going back to Rosenberg before we move on as well, um, Serta, when he was brought on, I love the guy. I think he's brilliant. I think he's great. He's just his passion and his energy is what that team needs. And it's a real shame that we don't really have an early Rosenberg kickoff for, well, I can't even see one, actually. I don't think we're ever going to get early team news for Rosenberg. Well, run 15, you will. There you go, against against Tromso at home, right? (laughs) But until then, we don't get any early team news. So, yeah, there's no way that you can take a gamble on him over home. 
but I'd love to see him start a game because I think he can offer a lot. The rest of my team this week, I brought in Sandberg for a hit. I got rid of Luritsen, who got one point, and Breivik, who is currently on one point because we're recording during the Sarsborg Mulder game. So it's nil nil at halftime. And I brought in Haugen, who got five points, and Sandberg, who got nine points. So at the moment, that hit's going pretty well. Yeah, I think Sandberg's a fantastic shout, uh, especially as long as Tripic is out. But he should keep that place and keep that central role in the team, even when Tripic is back. He's been excellent, I think. On paper, he's looked absolutely insane. Whenever I do my analysis, whenever I jump into all the stats, he has been involved. And it's really hilarious because all these other creative players have got like 30, 40, 50 fantasy points. And there's Sandberg like on nine before last week. But he's involved in the same relative point scoring throughout all those metrics as these other players. So he's, he's hugely up there in terms of creativity and productivity. So, for example, Sandberg is actually fourth in the league for expected assists. And that's total expected assists, not per 90, just total. So he's got 2.4 expected assists, which is the same as uh, Guillaume and Orson, just a bit below Tripic on 2.5 and quite a bit behind Sarui on 3.7. But when we look at it per 90, the only player that beats him is Pereira. Sandberg's on 0.58 expected assists per 90. When he is playing, he is creating. And that's why I went for him this week. And ironically, he scored a goal rather than, yeah, rather than got an assist. But he's in the right areas. He looks good. He's been, I feel like I was quite critical of Egan at the start of the season, thinking, why haven't they started this guy? Why aren't they leading with him? Why aren't they throwing him on the right-hand side and just letting him run riot? It looks like they've actually managed the situation with him really, really well. It looks like they've bedded him in really slowly. And now he's emerging as one of their most creative players. And as you say, without Tripic, he's far less likely to be pushed out of that side. And the last couple of games that he's played, he's looked brilliant. And he was brilliant against Hamcam. Brilliant against Hamcam. And the only reason that he didn't get three bonus was because Kurakai was just so good for Hamcam at the back. And Kurakai's been, I think Kurakai's been one of the best players in the league this season. He's been absolutely insane. He is so good. That's the only reason why Sambo didn't get three bonus points. Yeah, I remember you having Sandberg at the start of the season and it really, yeah. really cost you, didn't it? <laughs> it really did. Oh, it screwed me because I would have gone Orson. I would have yeah. gone either Orson or Helland at the start. It was between one of those two. And looking at it now, well, obviously Sandberg looks such a better choice than Helland. But... Oh, yeah, and definitely, and definitely. At the start of the season, though, that's a difference between, what, another 10, 12, 15 points, probably even more, because obviously... They started well, Lindstrom did, and then they sort of carried on scoring goals on those two being involved. I wouldn't have moved either of them out um, if mm. I had them. Obviously, they had the double game week as well. So we are talking probably like in excess of 20 points there that have lost because of that one decision. Yeah, and it's so annoying to lose that many points from making the right long-term call. Yeah, and I don't even think it was a bad decision either. Like, it wasn't even a bad shout. Viking are the favourites for the title this season with Glimpse, I would say. At the start of the season, they were kind of like the two. Although for me, I did put them in third just because Mulder's squad depth is insane and Glimpse mm. Glimpse. But now it really is a case of, well, Lillestrom looking like they're going to win the league, to be fair. Um, but Viking, we know that they love to score goals. And on paper, he was such a good shout, just basically has worked his ass off to get a start in place. So hopefully that continues because he really is. A, I think he's a great asset going forward. We just have to hope that he's actually going to get the game time but next week he's got a good throw away and that's going to be a game that Viking are either going to win like 4-1 or draw 2-1 or something 
Yeah, uh, agreed. That's that's a really hard game to call. But it, I think whatever Viking assets you've got, don't move them on from that game. Don't move them on. It's really, I think it's a really poor call if you're moving any of them on, just because it's good to away. I think there's goals. I think there's goals against them. Yeah, I really think Berisha should have done better this week. There was one, he scored from a Sebulonson assist, but was offside. So yeah. that's going to play quite a few people. Yeah, um, I watched that game. <laughs> and uh, I was like, ah, so many points have just disappeared. Just, just basically disappeared into the void forever. So that was, yeah, that was great. One one fixture I think that we could target for next week is Hamcam Odd. And you'll be pleased to know that we get early team news for that. I have a feeling that Hamcam are going to really, really go at Odd. Hamcam are proven to be hard to beat this season. I mean, yes, they've drawn six, six games, won one and lost one. So <laughs> they really seem to just be drawing everything. I think they sense a wounded animal in Odd. Odd look dreadful. Yes, they created a lot last game. Let's have a quick look at the stats because yeah. it will drive yeah, that was people. an interesting game, odds and sound of yard. It's going to drive people mad. 26 shots, 2.9 for expected goals, four big chances created. They missed all of them. Bakai, four chances created. Wadham, three chances created. Joshua Kitalano, three shots, one in the box, 0.6 expected goals, four chances created. Loritzen came off the bench Five shots, four in the box, 0.4 expected goals, three chances created. How have they not scored? Yeah, there'll be some uh, some people crying at this point of podcast, I think. I I might be one of them. Just how are, how are they not scored in that game? And Bakai is an infuriating fantasy asset because is he nailed? He started the last two games. He's looked really good. Maybe now he's going to have that slot and he's going to be getting regular minutes. But I just know if I bring him in for one of their easier games on paper, he's going to be benched. It's just it just feels like a trap to me. And especially as Odd aren't even taking the chances, he created 0.61 expected assists in that game, got nothing to show for it. So what's the point? Like if I mean he is he's the most attacking player at at that price point. Yeah, he is by a by a mile. He plays for a team that is really really struggling, and like you say, he's creating the chances, but they're just not finishing them. And that's the thing. This is where stats are really helpful to show what to show what a team is doing, how they approach a certain game and how their players are being involved in those games. But the thing is, they only help to a certain point. So, yeah, those guys look great on paper in that game, but they've, yeah, but they've not scored. And that's a team that I would just want to avoid until they start getting a bit of form. I just think odd. Just leave them alone. Leave them alone for the time being. Just Give them a wide berth. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of times when crosses came into the box and Bakai was in there stretching, ready to divert it into the net and just mm. missed it. So if he had slightly longer legs, he'd be a much better fantasy pick. But <laughs> for the moment, yeah. we're, we're yeah. leaving him out. Talking about attacking defenders, Sebi Lonson, just going back to him really quickly, all of his shots, four of them were in the box and he also created a chance. And one of the shots um, was... A vicious shot across goal and it got blocked over the bar. He is drifting them from the right hand side and really, really attacking. 
if you haven't got him, I, I would definitely recommend him, even for that Goodson game. Yeah, I noticed last week that since he's got his starting spot, he has exactly the same number of points as Berisha, who's everyone's mm. automatic captain choice. They both had 53 from six games. Well, that was a nice stat that's no longer true because Berisha's now pulled back ahead of Sebi Lanson. But well, still... well, it's a good point, though. It's, it's a good point because the thing is, Viking, if, if they're not going to be scoring goals, that means that you've got Berisha taking up a lot of money, not really doing much. Now, I don't think for one second Viking are going to struggle to score goals for the rest of the season. But at the moment, they seem to be in a bit of a, bit of a tight spot where they're not really scoring loads. And they're not even really creating loads. Well, definitely not last game. Um, against Hamcam in the last game, 13 shots, 1.98 expected goals. Not too bad, but the thing is they only scored one and they missed three of the four big chances created. So even though they are, they are creating an all right amount of chances, but the thing is they're not being particularly clinical and they've thrown away three points there. They should have won that game. But again, if they're not going to be taking those chances, then I don't know, maybe, maybe that is too out there to suggest, but they, but they've drawn the last two games, one, one, you know, and then you got goods are away. Sandford, Haugesund, Rosenberg. These are the games in which they really should be scoring goals. They really should be scoring goals in all of those games. So I think we'll get a much better idea as to what's happening with them after that run. So I think for now, just stay as you are with Viking players and then sort of reassess at the end of that run and see what's happening. Yeah, and there will be a time where someone gets ahead of the template by dropping Berisha. Exactly. It's not captaining him when the rest of us are just sticking the captaincy on him every week. And that's the thing. And I did that, not this week, but the week before. Not that I got a great uh, result by it, because I captained Linseth, who also got two points. But I thought Linseth was a, uh, was a much better pick, because I actually predicted Viking would draw against uh, Tromso 1-1. I didn't see it being a high-scoring game. And sometimes you've got to back yourself with those decisions. Sometimes you have to be able to say, OK, I know it's Bodisha and I know it's this team, but I think that guy's got a better chance of scoring more points. Yeah, I saw that being quite a low-scoring game as well. And then I was all over Boulder Glimt against Haugesund. Thought that's going to be quite an easy win. Mm. One of their midfielders is the right captain choice. I went for <laughs> Bettison, of course, who we probably do need to talk about. Yeah. still only returned in one game all season, even if that was a huge 18-point haul. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. All of his points coming from that one game. If you look at the Glimt assets, if we're looking at expected assists, for example... Wemben Gomo, 1.2 expected assists, and he's got two assists. Saltner's 0.8 expected assists, three assists. All coming in the same game, and it's ridiculous. And I ranted enough about that to James. It was absolutely infuriating, and I hated every second of it. So that's great. Vettelson, 0.9 expected assists, yet to return a single assist. Hmm. There's an issue there. There's an issue there. And we banged on about him at the start of the season, saying he's the most underpriced player in the game at the moment. He's looking overpriced. Yeah. You know, at the moment, he's looking overpriced. And we've had a bit of chat in some different channels um, about fantasy in the last couple of days. And Hagen against Goodsir, two assists. He's on corners. He's taking corners. I didn't know that he took corners. But in that game, I was being told by quite a few people that he was taking corners. Maybe he, maybe he's a standout glimp pick. If you want to get in on their attack cheaply, if he's going to be on set pieces... Yeah, I don't know. five million is his price. So that yeah. is very, very favorably to anyone else in that glimpse team. Exactly. I don't know though. I don't know enough about glimpse, 
But in that game, he stepped up with two assists and apparently he's quite involved. So maybe he is one to have a look at. One player that I forgot to mention is Badu. How have I forgotten him? What a performance by him tonight. Another great player. Another player that's potentially going to be leaving in the summer. I know he's a fairly recent signing for Haugerson, but he looks, yeah, he is miles ahead of everyone else in that team. Great performance, goal and an assist. The assist came from the most ridiculous penalty decision that I've ever seen in the history of football. Hansen clearly got the ball. You know, I don't know what to say about it. It just wasn't a penalty at all. It wasn't a penalty whatsoever. So, yeah, you've got lucky with that. Rosenberg fans view. Have you seen the penalty? Because <laughs> it was not a penalty. It was never, ever a penalty at all. It was a ridiculous back pass by Henriksen. I don't know what he was playing at. He, like, played it back to Hansen, but he uh, played it across him rather than to feet. So it dragged him out of position. And Badu ran to get the ball. Um, and Hansen just slid in. Cleanly got the ball. Didn't even touch him. Yeah, like that was obviously follow through because, you know, physics. Like, but clearly got the ball. Great challenge. And he's pointing to the spot. Madness. Uh, but yeah, Sutherland obviously stepped up to take the penalty. Um, and then later on, we had Badu score as well. So it's looking likely that he's going to get a couple of bonus for that performance. I'd imagine it goes Vecchia three, Badu two, and then Sutherland one. Because Sutherland got a goal and an assist in that game as well. Yeah, Haugerson are just an absolutely baffling team. I think we both had them down for relegation at the beginning yeah. of the season. Some recent results, lost 5-1 against Viking, could have been more. Um, beat odd 4-0, lost 4-1 against Buda Glimps. Destroyed Rosenborg in the first half, got destroyed in the second half. I know. Yep. I don't know what to make of them. Well, they are still 14th. They've conceded 19 goals, which is more than any other team in the league. But they have scored 13, which is the same as Goodser. Two fewer than Mulder in the same games. So they're a really bizarre team. They're going to score goals, but they're probably not going to win many games. So fantasy, I think choosing their attacking players, it kind of works. Because I think they've got goals in them. They just don't have clean sheets and they don't have wins. So you look at someone like Badu, I think he's a perfectly fine pick. I think he's going to return on a regular basis, but they could lose a game 4-2. But Badu's probably going to be involved in one of those goals at least. So he's a sound pick. And this is the thing you can't get wrapped up in the idea of, oh, who's the favourite for that game? I don't give a shit who's the favourite. I just want to know who's likely to score in that game. So if a team loses 4-3, great. I don't care. I've not chosen their defenders. I've chosen their attackers. And I've got points from their attackers. So I think this is where we have the big team bias kicks in. And it's like Glimt, Mulder, Viking, all of that sort of thing. When actually, there's some really good picks outside those big teams that, yeah, weaker sides, but still going to score goals. So I think that's one to really, really consider. So I think Badu is way up on my list of, of people that I want. Yeah, I see they have uh, Orlison at home next. So that definitely looks like a game where there are going to be some goals. Yeah, I mean, Orlison against Yev, um, they put in a decent performance. In the end, they got the win. They got the win. Nordley, the guy that we always seem to talk about, we always say, oh, you know, when all of a sudden they're in the league, Nordley's going to be that player. And then they dropped down to the Orbosch last season. Nordley absolutely smashed it. Comes back up with, with all of a sudden, seven and a half million. You think, oh, maybe, maybe, let's see how we go. That game, he was absolutely insane. Eight shots, six in the box, 0.56 expected goals, four chances created, 0.28 expected assists. Could you ask for any more involvement than that? You know, he was absolutely phenomenal and as you've said Orlison play Halverson next game God knows what that could be that could be four all that could be four all <laughs> you know it could be you know it, it really could be but Nordley kind of going under the radar 
well, he's not kind of going under the radar. He is under the radar, 3.7% owned. Granted, I get it. He's only got one goal and two assists and what, two thirds of his returns came in the last game. But the thing is, that was a very, very... That was a sending message to the manager, performance. Yeah. He's got his place after that. Exactly, exactly. That was very much a look at what I can do kind of performance. There was so much intent and attacking prowess in that performance that maybe he's a little bit hard to ignore now because what they've got Haugerson away and then Volarenga at home. And that brings us nicely on to talk about how bad Volarenga were against Lillestrom. My word. In my notes, I've literally got five shots, 0.2 expected goals, zero big chances created. And the funny thing is, right, in my Excel sheet, I've got all the fixtures, like talking points of players, all the stats and everything. I've got nobody for Volarenga. No one's in there. Carefully through the entire team and nobody had done a single thing that was good. Just sums awful. up their performance. Just awful. I, th- I think they're in real trouble. I think they're in real trouble. I'm not saying that they're going to get relegated, but I mean, look at where they are in the league and 15 goals conceded. How are Volarenga letting in 15 goals after nine games? That's really, really bad. You know, yeah, the only one who's at all tempting is Sarawi. Who, and you yeah. mentioned earlier, he's still leading the expected assists, yeah. but he's he's not really picking up those assists. But he can't do it on his own. Either. No, he can't do it on his own, and and that's the issue. They've got good individual players, but as a team, they have very little uh, cohesiveness. You know, there isn't much cohesion between those players, and I'm still baffled by the fact that Udal isn't really getting any minutes. I'm absolutely baffled by it. I really am. What's Fagurma got to lose? Just whack him up top. Give him a game. Just give him a game. Just let him have 90 minutes and just see what he can do. He looked good when he covered Kjartansson last season. So I, I don't get it. Yeah, he's another player who does really well on the per 90 stats, but hasn't had any significant minutes at all, really. And they did finally drop Kjartansson uh, last week, but it was Jatta who got the start through yeah. the middle up front. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it didn't really uh, work out for them. Yeah. I saw them both on the bench and I was like, oh, I just give up. I give up. <laughs> I just give up trying to understand it. I really do. So I don't know what the hell is going on. I really don't. Right, just to give you an update on the five-a-side mini-tournament that we've got going. We are partway through the Sarsborg-Molder game as we're recording right now. So we're not going to have... So we're not going to have all the points perfectly up to date because of that. So bear with us. We will give an update when all the bonus points come in and the game ends, all of that sort of stuff, later on, either this evening or tomorrow, whenever we get that information. But for now, if we just look at the top few players... FPL Nanny, he is top. 31 points. All of his players have returned other than the goalkeeper. So Taya with eight, Ibrahimaj with six, Vecchia with 10, Bedisha with five. You'd expect Vecchia to go up to 13 anyway because I can see him getting all, all three bonus points. Then second place with 29 points, Arbitravo, Aldi, Gritabust, Linez, Pellegrino, Vecchia and Bedisha. Joint third is Barracuda, great name. Gritabust, Pettersson, Sebulonsson, Saltners and Haugen. Um, and then we've got two Blavnis with Karlström currently playing. Um, Sebulonsson, Pellegrino, Vecchia and Haugen. 
And then in fifth spot, we've got Marzen, Sudi, 79, Christensen in goal, Sebulonson, Saltners, Vecchia, and Haugen. A lot of people seem to be in between 20 and 17 points. In between 20 and 17 points, we seem to have a lot of people. But yeah, as I said, we will. I will update you all with the with the final points for round eight when we get them all in. But yeah, at the moment, FPL Nanny is the guy to beat. So head on to Twitter and go and give us some abuse. Yeah, go and do that. <laughs> Try and get inside his head. Um, but a more serious uh, pressing matter is Sanford Christensen could potentially be uh, postponed this weekend, and that's going to affect five teams in this in this tournament. So if that does get cancelled, and I think this is going to be the rule going forward for any tournament, right? And, and I think you'll agree, Jacob, that it seems fair. Yep. The rule is, I think if a, if a fixture is ever cancelled, you just get an extra transfer to transfer that player out. Cause it's not your fault. You don't know what, um, if it's going to happen or not. You know, you, you're looking at the two fixtures thinking, okay, that player is a good player. So in my opinion, absolutely fine to do that. And it's my tournament anyway. And it, and it's free. So, you know, if if you don't like it, fair enough, but that's what's going to happen. fpnl has got Taya, which is just ridiculous anyway, but whatever. Um, Mookie New lined up with Storovic in goal. Fair, fair pick, I think. Rimmon Top went with Ofkir, unfortunate blank. And then Ryan, W underscore ESN, unforgivable pick, Rutaveta. So <laughs> I might withhold an extra transfer for him just for having Rutaveta. Although I think he's been punished enough by having Rutaveta in the first place. So, yeah, I think we'll let it slide. And last but not least, Twit writer chose Daddy's Boy for this round. He got a disappointing three points. So I think the lesson that we've learned here is just stay away from Sanford players. Yeah. Taya. Yeah. All right. Nanny. Yeah. Well done. Storovic might get the odd clean sheet or save points, but just stay away from them, guys. You know? Um, so, yeah, you guys get an extra transfer if the Sanford game gets cancelled. If not, then, yeah, just the same rules apply. Everyone gets one transfer, no extra for any hits, nothing like that. Just you get one change going into the next round. Right, we're going to end on looking at the fixtures for this week. Bear in mind, this is what these fixtures are coming in thick and fast, so there might be rotation. You're only going to get one, one game where you get an early team news. The rest of it, you are on your own. So good luck with that. We could see some rotation. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm not going to influence you any of you to make a bad decision here for me i'm going to be targeting the ham cam odd game i think ham cam are going to win that comfortably i think they're going to score some goals kirchival might be back i don't know how his injury is going but he could possibly be back so he's always a good shout ericsson was hugely popular at the start of the season dropped off a bit i think he's going a little bit under the radar now yeah yeah but he was good come back in yeah like he was good last game i think this is a great game for him to show what he's capable of with the last two games, he's played Rosenberg and Viking. Wasn't particularly involved in the Viking game, but that was always to be expected. Hamcam were always going to be trying to get a point and move on, which they did brilliantly. But, but he still got a bonus. He still got a bonus in that game. Um, obviously, the game against Rosenberg, he was brilliant. He was absolutely fantastic. And he actually picked up all three bonus points in that game. So I think it's going to be a similar sort of game in terms of his performance. But I think Hamcam are going to take all three points and I think they're going to score multiple goals. That's the, that's the game that I'm going to be targeting. I'm going to be targeting that at least. We mentioned that Haugesson and Orlison looks like another game that should have plenty yes. of goals in it. So, yeah, yeah Badu looks like a good punt for this weekend. 
exactly. And this is where I'm thinking, do I take a minus eight? Do I even go to minus 12? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I've <laughs> done it before. I've done it before. And I, and I made a big hit early on in the season and it netted me loads of points because I took advantage of the double game week and I moved on all my players that were either weren't playing or were, were going to score poorly. And it netted me like, I think 16, 20 points in total or something silly. Hits can work if you do them logically. I think the only thing is we're only getting team news for one game. And that that is giving me a headache. It's giving me a headache right there. Yeah, there are a lot of games that look like they could be fairly close as well. You can see quite a few draws coming this weekend. And Mulder against Boulder Glimpt should be a pretty tight one. Then uh, Tromsø against Lillestrøm shouldn't be too many goals in that one either. Yeah. And uh, Volleringer and Rosenborg could go anywhere, really. Yeah, I think that's not a bad one to target either. I think we're going to score. I think we're going to win that game. I think it'd be a comfortable win just because of how poor Volleringer are. I think that's what it's going to be. But I'm just thinking at the moment, with the last few performances, I know Shkarsen returned against Sandford. But I mean, overall, he's not been the most involved going forward. In regards to being a fantasy asset, I'm not sure there's much value in him, to be honest. And I think for me, it's time to move on and try and take advantage of these other players. So, yeah, so I am I am definitely thinking Nordly for this week. Anyone for Sarsborg? Um, yeah, away against Yav. Yeah, that uh, looks like a very winnable game for them. Definitely. And I've just got news. It's, okay, it's 2-1 to Mulder. 2-1 to Mulder. Heinz with the goal. Saltvet assist for Sarsborg. And... Oh, Karlstrom assist. Yeah, Karlstrom assist for Fofana. Yeah, so Linseth again. Linseth, at the time of recording, a half eight. So he's had three chances created, three shots, all inside the box, 0.2 expected goals, 0.34 expected assists. I'm just never going to get a return from him, am I? I'm never going to get a return from the guy. I stuck in my five-a-side team as well. So uh, no, nothing's coming. Oh, this is ridiculous. That is, that, yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> that is annoying. But, okay, oh well. So, my team for round nine is going to be Walshtet is staying in goal. As much as I'd like to move him on, I really can't justify it this week. I've got other far more pressing issues to deal with. Um, Rude is going to go. I can't take him being benched and out the side any longer. He's, he's too expensive and I can use that money really well. So, he's going. Malgovis is probably going to come in. I'm going to attack that odd game. Um, I think he's a better pick this week than Kongsrow because, ironically, Rude is going to be an issue for Kongsrow, I think, down odds right-hand side. So I think you're going to get more joy out of Malgovis this week. Tempted to move Shkarsen on, but I think I'm going to keep him. I'll, controversially, I'm probably going to move Vettelsen on, bring in Nordley for him. I really like that fixture for Arlesson. And after his performance in the last game, he looks a great shout for this week. And even looking ahead, I fancy Orlison to beat Valarenga. Uh, you know, admittedly, they come up against Glimt away from home in round 11. But even then, I'm backing them to score. So for a short-term move, I think it's a really good pick. Right, I've skipped the defence there. So going back to that, Linnes is staying, obviously. Yeah, Glimt at home, but he's Linnes, you know. Can't really move him on at all. Sebi Lonson, good to away. Salt Vet Yerv away. Got an assist tonight, as we've said. Sandberg looked really good last game, so he's staying for good, sir. I'm going to keep Linseth. I've got to keep the faith. He's got to return at some point. And then, controversially, this is even more controversial than moving Vettelsen on. I'm thinking I'm going encoded up top with Haugen and Bodisha and playing my Spiss Rush. 
genuinely. I think it's a really good week for it. And I think I could pick up more points than most people would think. I think I think it's a really, really good potential to play that chip this week with those three players. Now, the issue is obviously losing Vettelson when Glimt have got such a good run of fixtures coming up. I'm confident I can bring him back in if I want him. But at the same time, he's not even been performing that well. No, that's what I'm worried about. It's not like he's getting great chances and missing them or even creating great chances for other people. He's very quiet in the last game. And you look at Glimt, they're relying on their wide players. Pellegrino, I much more prefer him. He's made a glass, which isn't great, but I prefer him to Saltners. I prefer him to Vettelsen. You know, I'll probably place Hagen as the second best, um, as the second best attacking Glimt asset at the moment, as silly as that sounds. But at the same time, I really want Vecchia. And I'm not sure how I bring him in without completely dismantling my squad. Yeah, I'm looking at my midfield and absolutely hating it this week. I think Vettelsen's possibly my best player, which says it all. I brought in Yevtovich for a punt last week and he had a few chances, but I didn't put him away. And now I can't wait to get rid of him. So you might have to go. Yeah, see, I don't mind that Yevtovich pick, but you've just gotten lucky that Odd have continued their miserable form. But I mean, for me, as I've said, moving Vettelsen on might not be the best idea, but I'm thinking Pellegrino is probably the better idea. And then obviously, you know, I keep on mentioning Vecchia, but... I just can't look past him. And it's infuriating because, as we've said, <laughs> I'm going to have to rip up my team. But I think the best thing might be to just see how Rosenberg get on and then make a decision later on. But fear of missing out that Volarenga game, I see points. I don't see dead people. I see points. And that's posing a real dilemma for me. Do I go minus eight? Do I go minus 12? Do I drop Linseth and Vettelsen? We talk about Yerv being a good fixture for Sarsborg, but Sarsborg, the last time Sarsborg scored more than one goal this season was run four. They beat Tromso 5-2 at Tromso, which great result. But since then, every single time they've scored, they've only scored one since that game. And Yerv, they've not conceded more than one goal at home all season. So that's, I'm not sure that that's going to be particularly high scoring, in all honesty. So I don't know. Um, I'm at a bit of a fork in the road here. Minus eight points, minus 12 points. God knows. But yeah, not ideal after playing your wild card. But I think Vecchia, absolutely huge pick. Could be a great pick for this week. But I also think Enkudu, Haugen and Berisha. Yeah, I'm liking that idea for a Spish Rush. I think that's a really, really good idea. So captains this week. Are we captaining Berisha? Good to away. Or are we going with somebody like Linseth? Year of away. Maybe even Haugen. Haugerson away. I think all three are perfectly viable. It's a guess as to which good set team turn up. Was it the one that beat Mulder 6-0 at home last season or the one that got thrashed 5-0 by Sanifjord this year? Yeah. But it could be a huge haul for Borussia there. I don't think it will be, but I am also terrified of missing out on it. That's the thing, isn't it? We're being motivated to, to captain the player. All about fear. fear. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure you win by playing like that or at least get a good rank by playing like that because... If you captain Berisha every week, is he going to return every single week? No, no football player returns every single week. And I know you're playing a numbers game. So you captain him 30 times, you're basically going to get all of his hauls doubled. I, I understand the logic. I understand the logic. But at the same time, if we want to try and min-max our points here, maybe dipping into a better fixture could be the way to go. I am very tempted to, to throw the captaincy on Linseth just because 
I fail to believe that he's going to keep on being so wasteful. I, I just fail to believe it. And literally, just a minute ago, while we had a break from recording, uh, Jacob said that he just had another shot saved. By, it's been by denied by a great save from Karlstrom. Yeah, I'm tempted to throw it on Barisha, um, but I'm probably going to go with Spish Rush at the end of the day. Probably going to back Enkudu, Berisha and Haugen. I think that's what I'm doing. I can definitely understand the majority of people going British, though, for the reasons that you've said. Fear missing out on that potential haul. He can haul against anybody at any time. Just for me, I'm not sure it's good enough to only back him this week. I don't know. It depends on your situation with chips and your team as a whole. But there are better options as well. I don't want people thinking that Berisha is the only captaincy option this week. The thing that I would say about Sarsborg is as well, are we going to see a bit of rotation there? Are Linseth and Heinz both going to start? Is Mona's going to come back in? Who knows? Who knows? And as we're talking about captains, I'm actually thinking to myself, do I need to move Linseth on? Is he going to be rotated out of that lineup? He's not returned in a couple of weeks, even though he's looked good on paper. What's happening there? So I don't know. There seems to be so many risks and permutations this week. It's really not helpful when you're trying to come up with a good plan to attack these fixtures. So yeah, I'm not sure. I think another one absolutely perfectly acceptable would be someone like Badu or Nordley, even a Hamcam attacker for the game against Odd. I can't see Odd keeping a clean sheet. I think Ericsson's going to be massively involved. Ericsson's probably he's probably one of the best times to captain Ericsson if you've got him. So I would I would probably put him ahead of British. I would probably say Ericsson's the best captaincy choice for this week. Do you think you're going to stick with with the British or are you going to be a bit ballsy and go with someone else? Um, I see the fear winning out at the moment, but I agree that Ericsson and Badu are both really good shouts. If not yeah. for captain, then I'll definitely be considering a hit to get them in. Yeah. I'm also wondering if anyone's going to step up in this Mulder against Mulder game. And we're kind of overlooking it because mm. it's a hard one to call, but maybe someone like Ikram has hauled pretty big in those important yeah. matches before. I don't think he's a terrible captain shout either. If you haven't. This is the thing. I really want Eichmann because he seems to be returning every single week. He's just ridiculous at the moment. But but then I'm thinking, okay, how much is he actually costing you to get in your team? Right? Yeah. So he's 12.2 million. And he's got 55 points. And he's blanked in three games earlier on in this season. So since game week five, he's returned at least one goal or one assist. Certainly wouldn't be rushing to bring him in. Uh, absolutely not for this week, but for anyone sitting with him there in their team, I wouldn't overlook him as a possible captain option. That I'd agree with, especially as Glimt are leaky at the back. They're conceding goals. Mulder have got a good team. They've got a good attack. I think Mulder win anyway. I think we've already sort of agreed that that's the likely result, but I think they're going to score more goals than the majority of people think they will. I would not be surprised if they won that game 3 4 one 3-4-1, 3-4-0, something like that. I know that sounds outrageous to suggest, and I wouldn't have said it at the start of the season, but I think Glimt are going to crumble in that game. This week's most outrageous prediction. That one's going to be hard to beat. My other prediction is Tromso 1, Lillestrom 1. I just think whenever Tromso play at home and it's a big team, they're just going to draw one all. <laughs> that just seems to be what happens with them. They're really good at drawing one all. They love a one all draw, and I think it's going to be the same again this week. So again, Off your own goal. 
Yeah, of own goal, and then he scores another goal and gets three bonus, something ridiculous yep. like that. That's, what, that's what's going to happen, isn't it? We all know it, so it might as well be said. Britain in the stars. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, if you're looking for a differential captain, I can't really say Ericsson because he's the second most owned midfielder in the game. You know, I can't really be saying that. Linseth, 8.9%. He's probably your man, I'd say. So that's a pretty, I'd say he's a pretty good captain shout. Just obviously be aware. Potential rotation. I'm not sure if I'm talking rubbish there, but that's in the back of my mind, causing me a little bit of doubt. So that's what I'm thinking. Sandberg as well, 1.3%. I can't see him being dropped for that game. Cannot see him being dropped for that game. You watch him not even be in the squad now, but he was so good. I, I, I cannot express how good he was against Hamcam. He was their best player. He was superb, so creative. And he's been that way whenever he's played this season, he's created. So... Sandberg's a really good shout for captaincy as well if you're looking at trying to get an advantage on people if you've got him. But yeah, Sandberg or Linseth for me would be good shouts. What about yourself? Uh, I completely agree on Sandberg's shout. I think as a differential, he's about as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, Mullins as well, if he comes back in for Sarchburg. Skolovic started over him tonight. But Yeah, that's interesting. Um, mm. Yeah, the stats are there for Mullins. Oh, and definitely, not- yeah. He's not a great finisher, but he's getting the chances. So whoever yeah. starts up front for Sarpsborg, and I think Mullins will come back in. I can see Goodsa scoring a few goals against Viking. I might even predict that's like a three-all draw or something ridiculous. Like I, gen- and I know that that sounds bizarre, and I might get a lot of stick for that, but they've got goals. They've got goals in that team. They're going to be creating. I don't see them letting up against Viking at all. This is absolutely prime territory for a Vilsvik Hall. Yeah. Vilsvik alarm is ringing. And, you know, this is a goal and assist type of game for him. See, I know people are going to be reactive and point chase for Hove. And I know that's what people are going to be doing. And he's probably going to increase in price again. But he is the man in form at the moment. Three goals and one assist in his last three games. And then he scored in the Rosenberg game in game week five as well. He is on fire. He looks really good. He's enjoying his football. I think he's going to give the Viking defence a torrid time. I really do. I think he's going to be horrendous to play against in that game. So it's like a really, really good week for those mid-priced midfielders. 100%. 100%. I, I, I really do. I think take your pick between Hove, Eriksson, Badu, Nordley, Linseth, Heinz, who scored tonight, don't forget. And then you've got maybe Vecchia, but obviously he's premium price. But yeah, those... Those players in that bracket, I think you've got a lot to choose from. And yeah, good luck getting the right one because that's the trouble, isn't it? We've got all these options. And yeah, just look at me, Captain and Linseth, and you'll get a blank. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, anything bizarre you think is going to happen? Like I've said, Tromso won, Lystrom won, uh, Goods of Viking probably 3 all or 3 2 to Viking, and Mulder, comfortable win against Glimt. What about yourself? Is that a thing I can imagine happening? Is Volarenga somehow scraping a win against Rosenborg? That's but, that's got to be that's got to be one <laughs> step too far. Surely, surely Absolute one step madness. too far. I know that we're bad, but Jesus Christ, that is uh, technically they're harsh. they're undefeated at home this season, even though they've played three fairly middling teams. Um, yeah, I think Rosenberg will get the chances, but maybe they miss them. Following a scraper win. Yeah, I look forward. I look forward to watching that game then. Right. Yeah. So, I think to be honest, I'm quite happy with what we've covered there. 
Um, I mean, as we've said, I've asked, I've been asked to look into Vecchia. So, I mean, we've talked a bit about him tonight. What I'm going to do is over the next couple of days, I'm going to be putting some stats together for him, comparing him to other players, similarly priced, but also similar position in fantasy as well. And just sort of going over their roles in each team. So, for example, Vecchia, when we're playing 3-5-2, he'll play just off to the left of home, for example. And he has a good link up between the midfielders behind him and home ahead of him. But home does seem to be isolated a lot of the time. So a lot of the play actually comes through to Vecchia. For example, that's what I'll be talking about. And I'll be going through all the stats and how they differ. But if you want a brief explanation about him, hopefully what I've talked about tonight is helpful. Obviously, Rosenberg don't have the best fixtures kind of on off, on off. But if you want an attacker, Vecchia is your man. Just think at the moment, maybe there's more value in the cheaper midfielders in that sort of seven and a half to eight and a half million slot, you know? Like I'm thinking with Badu, Nordley, Linseth, Heinz, Hove. For me, there's probably a bit more value in those at the moment because of fixtures. But if you're able to target a Rosenberg fixture when it looks peachy, like Christiansen in Rund 11, I think, I think Vecchi is your man. But as I said, I'll, I will go over that in the coming days. I'll throw out some stats put together something like that. Um, so just watch out for the Twitter for that. There will be some analysis going on. I'm not ignoring you. So just for example, this is the sort of thing that you're going to be getting. So we'll have a quick look. Just to end the episode, we'll have a quick look at Viking, Mulder, Glimt, Rosenberg and Olesund in regards to shots so far this season per 90 minutes, on target per 90 minutes, um, and then the percentage accuracy for shooting. And then what we'll do is we'll have we'll have a look at the best players for those teams in regards to shots, right? Now, the caveat is we're looking at players who have played 270 minutes or more, and they have to have had at least 10 shots. So Viking, 171 shots. That's the best out of the teams that we're looking at. It's the most. 17.1 every game. Only Glimt beat them, 18.25. Now, 60 of those 171 shots have been on target. Mulder are just behind on 59. Per 90, though, Mulder are just ahead, 6.56, and 41% shooting accuracy. So you've got a good spread there. Glimp to taking more shots per 90. Viking have had the most shots altogether, had the most on-target shots, but Mulder per 90 are registering more shots, and their accuracy overall is a little bit higher. Rosenborg because we're interested in Vecchia, Rosenborg, 111 shots, 13.88 per 90 minutes, 32 on target, four per 90 minutes. Absolutely way down, 29% accuracy. Compare that with Orlesund, very, very similar. 116 shots, 12.89 per 90, 35 on target, 3.89 per 90, 30% shooting accuracy. Very, very similar to Orlesund, which is never a good thing. When you're Rosenborg, you want to be aiming to be as good as Glimt, Viking and Mulder. We're not there. Be aware of that before you go forward with Vecchia. Now, shots. All of the people that we looked at, Nordley has the most, and he's got the most in the league anyway, four midfielders. Okay, because we're looking at players who are listed as midfielders in the fantasy game. So Nordley, 25, and that's 22% of Orlesson's total shots, which is more than anybody else that we're looking at here. 4.1 per 90. That's actually the best out of all the players that we've looked at. On target, nine. It's the same as Eichram, for example. Two more than Trippich, but just behind Vettelsen, who's got the most on 11. Per 90, it's really close, actually. 
Nordley 1.47, Vettelson 1.42, Eichram 1.38, Trippich in the lead with 1.54, Vecchia down to 1.15. Okay, so Vecchia's doing well in certain areas, but in terms of shots per 90, in terms of on-target shots, he's only got five. Now, accuracy, shooting accuracy, Vecchia actually does quite well, 41.7, which is better than Nordley, better than Eichram, not quite as good as Trippich, and nowhere near as good as Vettelson, 55%. Conversion rate, though, He's topping the charts by quite some way. He scored four goals from his 12 shots, five of which were on target. So really, really high conversion rate, 33.33%. Ikram 13.64%, Trippich 20%, Fettlesson 10%, and then you've got Nerdly way down on 4%. He's had 25 shots and scored once. Looking at the teams, Nerdly has a massive impact for Orlesund. 22% total shots have been by him. 26% of their on-target shots have been by him. Vecchia, 11 and 16 respectively. Eichram, 15 and 15. Trippich, 9 and 12. And then you got Vettelsen, 14% of all shots, 23% of on-target shots. That's a load of data, and I've rushed it in at the end, but this is the sort of thing that I'll be looking at. All right, so I'm going to be comparing all these players that are listed the same position that are doing really well in these metrics and seeing what we're getting. So at the moment, you can see Vecchi is clinical. He's the most clinical out of all the players. But Rosenborg aren't producing anywhere near as much as Glimt, Viking and Mulder. And Vecchia isn't shooting as much as those of the players. Now, he's actually having 2.8 shots per 90 minutes, which is actually more than Vettelsen. But the difference is on target per 90, 1.15, Vettelsen 1.42. And Vettelsen just overall is more accurate with his shooting. So bear that in mind, I'm going to try and throw that together some point this week, ideally before the deadline tomorrow, but we'll see. We'll see how I get on with that. But it's something to chew on. It's something to stew over. And yeah, I'll give you more information as we go along. And bear in mind, we've got a two week, two and a half week break coming up. You're going to get loads of information there. You're going to get more episodes. You're going to get more content. You're going to get more data, loads more analysis. That's going to be a busy couple of weeks. But yeah, so Vecchi is a good shout. Again, as we've said, Rosenborg maybe aren't producing as much as we'd like, but Vecchi is heavily involved, absolutely heavily involved. But don't ignore Nordley. Don't ignore Nordley. That's what I'd say. Quick update from the Mulder game. Ikram puts Martin Linus through on goal, one-on-one with the keeper, smashes it miles over, which Brilliant. just about sums up this uh, game week. Yeah, wonderful. And I think that's a... And I think that's a really nice, depressing point to end it on, to yeah. be fair. It so, turned on a depressing note. It's been a depressing week. Yeah. So I'm going to go, and I'll see you guys later. Cheers. Bye. Bye.